Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Someone once said that life is not a playground, it's more of an obstacle course. And I don't know if you feel that way at times. I know I do. It feels like life can be an obstacle course. I don't know if anyone here has ever seen that TV show, Wipeout. I don't know if it's still on. I know uh, we can flip channels. If, if it's on, our boys are going to stop and watch it just because people are getting knocked all around. And uh, I don't know about you, but life can be that way sometimes. It's like going from one trial to another, one trouble to another, and one test after another test. And this morning, I want to encourage you that you can overcome obstacles in life. And with God's strength, you can get through those trials and those troubles. And after you get through those trials and troubles, uh, you're going to glorify God, and you're going to be strengthened, and God will bless you. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, the obstacles that we can overcome. Uh, Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to look at our passage. Joshua chapter 6 this morning. And I just want to read you uh, uh, verse 2 again. It says here, he says, and this is the Lord speaking to Joshua. He says, and the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given thine, into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. We're going to talk here this morning about overcoming obstacles and trusting God as we go forward. Now, as far as obstacles, there's probably a lot of obstacles in your life. Um, relationships, marriage, family. Neighbors, co-workers, there's going to be obstacles when it comes to any relationship that you might have. Uh, and finances, I mean, obstacles, finances. Uh, your career, you might find obstacles, things that are put in your way that you have to deal with. Uh, health can be an obstacle, something that comes up unexpected or not planned on and something you got to deal with. Now this morning, I want to just uh, be clear, we're not talking about sin. We're talking about obstacles. Those trials or those troubles that uh, may be placed in your way or put in your way that you have to deal with that are not necessarily brought on by your misconduct or anything you did wrong, uh, but just living in, a, in life, just living in this world. Uh, part of living in a world of sin is we're going to have some trials and troubles. That's just part of living in a world of sin. Uh, also, there can be obstacles in your life that are placed by others. You know, the Bible talks about burdens that we have to carry or burdens that we have to bear. You know, uh, sometimes someone can make a decision that affects you. And you may not have made that decision, but you have to deal with it. And that's an obstacle. That's a trial. And so we're going to talk about those as well and how we can deal with those. And those obstacles can be placed in your life, uh, sometimes on purpose and sometimes not on purpose, by accidents, so to speak. But we know this, God is in control. And God is aware of all the obstacles in your life this morning. He's aware of all the trials that you might have to deal with. He's aware of any trouble that comes in your life. And He's permitted those for a reason. And this morning, we're going to see where he directed the people of Israel as they entered into the land to go through Jericho first. This was the direction God gave them because God had a plan. Now, Jericho, uh, the Bible tells us that it was a strong, fortified city. We also know, uh, history has also told us, and archaeologists have discovered that they had two, two large walls that surrounded the city. And these walls were fortified. They had forts, towers on them, houses along the, the walls. Uh, basically, they could hide themselves in this city for a long period of time. They had supplies, and they could survive within the walls of this city. And so Jericho was an obstacle. And it was the first 
city that they had to face as they entered in the land. The very first obstacle that they had to deal with. And here they are going in the land and they have this city in front of them. And so they had to decide what they were going to do. How they were going to go forward. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Here's the first thought I have for you. Don't avoid obstacles if you're walking with God. Now, we're not to be looking for trouble. But if you're walking with God and an obstacle is placed there, don't avoid it. That's what they were encouraged to do. They were to go forward and they were to trust God. Now, let me give you some thoughts on this as far as avoiding Jericho. Notice the Bible tells us in verse 2, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. Notice the promise here. God told them, he said, See Jericho? See how big it is? See how strong it is? It's yours. I'll give you the victory. You just need to go forward. You know, as we walk with God and as you're living for the Lord, you may have some troubles or trials put in your life. But, but if you know you're walking with God, you know God's going to take care of those. He's going to give you strength to overcome those obstacles. Or, you know, God may even remove an obstacle from your life and take it away. God can do that too. But if you're walking with God, you know God can give you strength for that. And that's what we find here. So, so don't avoid those obstacles. Let me give you some thoughts here on the Israelites, had they decided to avoid these obstacles. First off, they, it was probably tempting. It may have been tempting for them to think, uh, you know, maybe there's another way for us to enter in the land. Let's go upstream and see if we find another way to go into the land where there's no city there and we can kind of sneak in and, and do the work there. Let me share with you a few things first. This was the way God wanted them to go. And if God wants you to do something, then, then be faithful in what God has called you to do. Be faithful to His Word. Be faithful to His direction. And if they would have disobeyed, if they would have went a different way, that would have been disobedience. If they would have found a different way, they would have disobeyed God. And remember what happened to their parents, the previous generation? They didn't go into the land because of a lack of faith, and they had to spend 40 years in the wilderness. Maybe they thought about that when they made this decision. Maybe they thought, you know what? We want to stay faithful to God because we want to be blessed. And so, disobedience to God is never justified. Well, here's another reason why, as far as the temptation, it's possible they, they thought, you know, if we go this way, we can avoid this problem now and deal with it later. I've been guilty of that I don't know how many times. I thought, you know, I'll just set this aside. I don't need to deal with this now. You know, most of the time I'm just hoping it goes away. And it never goes away. I just got to deal with it later. And there have been times in my life I found out it got worse. If I had dealt with it from the very beginning, it would have been settled. Instead, I let it go and it got more of a problem. You know, had they went into the land and had they bypassed Jericho and went a different way, you know, the city was strategically located. It was there for a reason. It was there to prevent people from entering the land. And then if anyone got in the land, they would fight from the other side. In other words, if the Israelites would have went in and ignored this city, they would have continuously been attacked by the people from Jericho as they tried to take the land. You see, what would happen is they would have had a problem. It would have been a continuous problem. Now, when we avoid trials and troubles, that's usually what takes place. We have something that we got to deal with. If we don't deal with it now, we'll deal with it later. So, the thought here is we want to make sure that we're not avoiding obstacles. Instead, we're dealing with them with God's power and God's strength. See, if they would have avoided this, it would have accomplished nothing. Jericho would have stayed there. It would have been a problem. And they would have had problems as they went forward. So, I want to encourage you this morning, don't avoid the obstacles that you have in life. And, and there can be a lot of obstacles, all right? A whole lot of things that we got to deal with. If you're a student in school, I guess what? Tests are going to come. Don't avoid them. Just prepare for them. Be ready. You know, at work, you're going to maybe have some trials, some difficult days. 
Understand that, hey, you know, days are going to be better. Just get the job done. Do what we can. Get through this. You see, there are going to be obstacles in life. We've got to be willing to go forward and not avoid those. So here's, here's the key here, I think, is you've got to walk with God. All right? Walk with God. Maintain your relationship with God, which would be through prayer uh, and also through reading the Bible and yielding to Him and walking with Him. So as far as some problems, there are some problems in life you're just not going to be able to avoid. I'll give you the number one that I always think of, and that's health. That's a problem that you cannot avoid. You know, uh, I used to think I'm not getting older, but uh, my body tells me differently. I'm getting older. And as you age, it's just you're going to have to deal with some things. And that's just life. And so we don't want to avoid those. We want to trust God and, and go forward and trust Him. How about inflation? Let me give you a practical one. Inflation. All right? Uh, we can't avoid that right now. It's happening. Now we can grumble and complain about it, but it's still taking place. We've got to trust God. We've got to keep going forward. We've got to be faithful to the Lord. Maybe spend wisely or change the way we do things. That's, that's something that's personal, by the way. I'm going to challenge you to think in this way. Go forward. Don't let something keep you from going forward. Trust God and let God help you through these problems. And so what we find here is this obstacle is not to be avoided. They were to go forward. Uh, here's the second one. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of these obstacles. Uh, in the book of Joshua, let's go back to Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to show you from the beginning what the Lord told Joshua, which I believe he was to pass down to the people because he was the leader. It says here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, Joshua was given this command from the very beginning as he led the people. And I imagine he was to pass this on to the people that, hey, God is with us. We have nothing to fear. We're not to be afraid. Now, he didn't know the obstacles that were ahead. By the way, you don't either. And I don't. God didn't give me a list of what's coming when I want to choose what's coming. We have to deal with things on a daily basis as we live. These obstacles come in front. But we know God is aware of what's coming. And God encourages us to go by faith and to be courageous, to be bold. You see, he told Joshua, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Now, he knew what Joshua was about to face. He knew the city that was coming. He knew other problems that lied ahead. He knew other obstacles as they were going to go through the land, all that was going to take place. And from the very beginning, he tells Joshua, don't be afraid. You know, this morning, I want to encourage you, don't be afraid when you have to face the difficulty in life. Uh, but it's tempting to fear, right? It's tempting to become afraid because we're humans. Uh, we are limited in our power, limited in our, our knowledge. And so it's easy to become fearful. Now, as far as Jericho, it was strong. We knew it was a fortified city. And it was occupied with people. And Jericho was like a post or like a fort. So we know this. Many of the people that occupied this city were soldiers. They were fighting men who were ready to go to war. And so I'm sure the Israelites understood this too. This was a city that was prepared to fight and prepared to battle. And you think about if they were going to take on this city, if they're going to besiege the city, it would take months. It would be a long struggle. If they're going to attack the city, it would be a fight. Guaranteed injuries and, and loss of life. And so I, I, I think it's safe to say there, there was some things to be afraid of here. 
There were some things to, to tempt them to fear of how we're going to do this. Also, Israel was still inexperienced as far, as far as battling. It's not like they had been conquering everyone. This was one of the first battles that they were going to face. They had faced some outside the land. This was the first one in the land. But they were not to be afraid because God was with them. That's the key there, by the way. God was with them. You know what Paul said in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? Take that with you. Hold on to that verse as you go through life. If you run to a difficult day or a hard day, just say, God's still with me. And if God's with me, who can be against me? My God's great. Our God's wonderful. Your God can do great things. He did for the Jews. He can do for you as well. And so that's what we hold on to. We understand God is with us. And the Bible also tells us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Isn't that a wonderful promise to know that you will never be alone in this world? And that's something I can tell every single Christian. Even if you're by yourself physically, you're still not alone. God's with you. If you belong to God, God's with you. So, so as a Christian, you are never alone. You have someone there that you can talk to that can encourage you, and that's God. And God is the greatest encouragement that you can have. And so what we find here is they were not to be afraid of this obstacle. They were to go forward because God had already promised them victory. God had said, this is yours. You just need to trust me, and I'll take care of everything else. There's another thought here. God will always keep his word. He will always keep his word. You know, I encourage you to claim the promises that you find in the Bible. Hold on to those. You know, the Bible tells us God's going to supply your every need. He'll take care of your needs. Now, sometimes our wants might not be taken care of, but God will provide your needs. And we should trust him to provide those. And so what we find is we're not to be afraid of obstacles. So here's a thought here. If you let fear determine your life, then you're going to struggle. If you allow fear into your heart, and you allow fear to, to, to dictate your decisions, then you're going to struggle, because fear leads to despair. That's why he told them, don't be dismayed. What happens when you despair is you get discouraged, and then defeat settles in. So, don't let fear have a place in your heart. Now, if they would have allowed fear into their heart, then they would have left. They would have turned around. They would have uh, not went the way God wanted them to go. So this morning, let me encourage you, don't be fearful. Be faithful. Alright? Don't let fear inside your heart. Let faith there. I read recently, and I think it's true, at least from my understanding, that fear and faith cannot share the same heart. Now, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about fear and faith. Okay? Fear as far as, and faith as far as trusting God. You know, fear and faith will not share the same heart. In other words, if there is fear inside your heart, it's because there's a lack of faith. See, those doubts have come in. And those doubts have hindered your faith or have taken your faith away even. Now, I'm not talking saving faith. I'm just talking about your daily faith in God to provide. And so when those fears come in and they take over your heart, you can become afraid. And soon fear might take over your life. And then you can have despair, discouragement, and be fearful. You know, even as adults, we can be afraid. You can have fears. Reading recently, and I don't know if anyone's ever read that Family Circus. I've used this illustration before. It's an old cartoon. I don't even know if it's in syndication anymore. But it was a cartoon that would come out, and it would just usually be just one, one picture of a family or something going on. And I was, saw one once a while back where uh, the dad was tucking the little boy into bed. And as he's tucking the little boy in the bed, the, the caption above the little boy's head said, I can't wait till I get old like you, Dad, then I won't have any more fears. 
And then above the dad's head, it had all these like like thoughts, and it thought you know like finances, bills, payment, and and it had a whole list of like what we would call fears that adults have. You see, as we get older, our fears change. We may not have the same fears that we did when we were younger, but we could still be fearful of things. We want to make sure that we have faith and we're trusting God. See, that's the cure for fear, by the way, is faith. See, when you have faith and you're trusting God, you still might have some of those problems that are out there. But you believe God's going to take care of you. Those And the fear is gone and you're living by faith. You'll have courage to do right and you'll have courage to keep going. So you won't quit. You'll have strength to go forward knowing God's not going to leave you nor forsake you. So let's, let's be fearful and not faithful. And that's what he encouraged them to do. Be fearful and not faithful. Here's my last one this morning. I put don't attack. Here's the way I'm going to explain it. Don't attack in your own strength or your own might. Now that's tempting to do when you have an obstacle. It's so tempting to do our own thing and to figure it out. Now I think God's given us the ability to reason and to think. But most importantly, we have to go to God first and say, God, help me figure this out. Give me the strength. Give me the wisdom. Give me the knowledge. Let me know if I'm doing the right thing. Let me know if I'm going the right way. Give me the words to say, Lord, so I don't mess this up. You see, we must not attack in our own power and strength, but must trust in the Lord. And that's what they were doing. Let me give you uh, thoughts here. Let's go back to our passage, Joshua chapter 6. Notice the direction from God. Verse 3. He says, You shall compass the city, all you men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. Okay, think about this order. They're, they're going to go around the city, compass it, march around it, get up, march around the city, and they'll do this six days. And it says here, And the seventh priest shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. Okay, and let me start by beginning with this thought here. I'm not a military genius. I'm not even close to being a military genius. I enjoy history. But I can tell you this. I could say, it probably would have been tempting to say, are you sure this plan is going to work? All we got to do is walk, march around this city. We got to march around, get up, march around at one time. And then take the rest of the day off. And we got to do it the next day. We got to do the six days. And on the seventh day, we're going to go around seven times. All we're going to do is, the priest is going to blow the, those horns and we're going to shout. And those walls are going to fall down. Folks, think about that. It would have been very tempting to say, this is not going to work. Very tempting to say, you know, how about we do this instead? Instead of going around the city, how about we attack the city? You know, those walls aren't going to come down just because we blow trumpets and shout. You see, what we find here is the direction that God gave him really went against what you'd almost call common sense. It went against what they naturally would want to do. And so if we attack in our own strength and our own power, if they would have attacked in their own strength and power, they would have done probably opposite of what God directed them to do. They would have failed. They would have got themselves in more trouble. You see, there are times we've got to just trust God. Even when it doesn't seem to make sense to us or to other people around us. Let me give you a few examples. You know, there are going to some people say, why pray? Why pray? Well, the Bible tells us, cast your cares upon God, for He careth for you. Take all your cares to God. You know, someone around you may say, well, why? why? That doesn't make sense. Well, God has directed us to. And we've seen evidence that God hears and answers prayer, so I'm going to talk to God. Read your Bible. 
Some say, well, you know, there's a lot of other things you can be doing except reading your Bible. Well, yeah, there are. But God's Word is what will challenge your hearts. It's God's Word that will direct you. It will keep you from evil. Let you know what's right and wrong. So we read the Bible, even though others may say it makes no sense to read God's Word. Well, God's Word, by the way, is up to date for today. They give you direction. Uh, you know, you want the best, uh, I guess you'd say, a manual for living life? Read Proverbs. They give you all sorts of direction on what to do and when to do it. You see, what we find is God's Word is sufficient for today. We've got to trust in it. You know, what we find here is God's direction was sufficient. They just had to trust in God as they went forward. But the problem was, it would have been very easy to say, let's do something different. Let's do something different. And all they had to do was follow. Had they done their own thing, there would have been problems. So this morning, here's my thought here. To overcome obstacles, you need God's help. You need God's help. Now, each obstacle is different. When they went further inland, as you read the rest of, uh, of Joshua, they, they went against other cities. They didn't do this with every city, by the way. It wasn't like when they went into another city, they didn't just start marching around. This was a one-time thing. What it was, I believe God was teaching them that if you trust in me, I'll provide. If you walk with me, I'll take care of things. I have the power to bless you. I have the power and the strength to help you overcome these obstacles. But you've got to trust in me. I think it was a lesson for them, and that's a lesson for us today. You know, God may not have you march around something six times, or shout and have walls fall down, but He wants you to trust Him through your problems and your trials. When you can't figure something out, He wants you to, to rest on His wisdom. Let Him figure it out for you. Let Him give you strength. Let Him provide. You see, He wants to give you strength over these obstacles. So, here's what we have to do. We have to trust His way. Let me give you the first obstacle. I believe sin is the first obstacle that we all must make sure that we've dealt with. The Bible teaches we're all sinners. Romans chapter 3, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Nobody is perfect. Everyone's made mistakes. We've all sinned against God. Uh, you know, once we reach what you'd call the age of accountability, in other words, the age of understanding right and wrong, we've all made decisions based upon our own desires. Wrong. We've all sinned against God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all fall into that category. And the Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. In other words, there has to be salvation provided. It's going to be provided by God. John 3.16. Let's go over to the book of John. Let me show you the, the plan God has for salvation. And I want to encourage each of you to examine your heart this morning and make sure you are saved, that you have followed the plan that God has. It says here in John chapter 3, in verse 16, he says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is, this is, I mean, the whole Bible is wonderful. But this passage here on salvation, this is it here. This is where it begins. This is where your spiritual life will begin. You have to make a decision for Christ. You have to believe on Jesus Christ. Notice the Bible there tells us that we're already condemned. We're already condemned. See, Christ didn't come into the world to condemn sinners because, guess what? We've already condemned ourselves. Sin. We've already sinned against God, and that's already separated us from God. Christ came in the world to save sinners, to fix that problem. Now, here this morning, 
We've all sinned. You've sinned. I've sinned. Whosoever. Right here. Believeth on Jesus Christ shall be saved. Think of it this way. You need a Savior because of your sin. And once you understand that, then you need to understand that Christ is the one who died in your place. He went to the cross so you can be saved. And then what you must do is you must, the Bible teaches, repent and believe. Turn from whatever you're trusting in or or looking to and believe on Christ for salvation. Accept Him in your heart. Receive Him as your Savior. You do that and you'll be saved. The Bible teaches, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now let me explain some things here. This is God's plan. Okay, It's not my plan. It's here in the Scriptures. It's not this church's plan, even though it's what we should proclaim. It's not our plan, it's God's plan. And God's plan, if you're going to be saved, you have to go God's way. Just like the people of Israel, if they're going to defeat that obstacle, they had to go God's way. Well, we've got to go God's way to be saved. And a few thoughts on this as far as going God's way. You know, the problem is sometimes we want to go our own way. We want to figure it out ourselves. And because of that, we create problems. Let me give you a few examples here. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that if you join a church, you'll be saved. Now, I think joining a church is good, okay? I don't want to discourage that, obviously. Going to church is excellent. I'm glad you're here this morning. But church membership or church attendance will not save your soul. Now, if you ever run into a church that teaches that, then I want to encourage you to get out of there as quick as you can, all right? The Bible teaches Christ saves your soul. Repenting and believing. See, no church has a monopoly on salvation. That's God's work. That's not our work. Now, we, pro- we proclaim it and we challenge people to get saved. But make sure you're saved. You've accepted Christ as your Savior, not just that you've gone to church. Make sure you've received Christ as your Savior. Here's another one. Baptism will not save your soul. Now, I think it's good to be baptized. You know what baptism is? It's a picture of salvation. You're buried in the water. You come out just like Christ was buried in that grave for three days. Now, we don't baptize anybody for three days. We don't hold you under that long. But that's the picture of the death, the burial and resurrection. That's done after you're saved. Because you've been saved. You, you want to show the world, look at, look at how God has changed my life. You see, salvation is in Christ. Make sure you're saved. That's the plan God has. And God's plan is the right plan. And so we must obey that. So don't change God's plan. Don't do it your own way. Make sure you're coming to God the way He is directed. And then afterwards, once you're saved, walk with God. Uh, let me give you a few thoughts on this. How about prayer? Talk to God every single day. God wants to hear you. He wants to hear your prayers. Uh, once you're saved, you know you have a relationship with God as a, your Heavenly Father. A healthy relationship has communication, does it not? Uh, if you meet someone and they never talk to their parents or they never talk to a family member, there's something wrong. Now, if it's a distance and everyone's busy, you can say, well, they're busy. But if there's just no communication at all whatsoever, then there's, there's a problem. If there's no communication between you and God, then there's a problem. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying there might be something in your life that's just preventing you. And it's hurting your relationship with God. The more you talk to God, the closer you'll get to Him. Talk to Him in prayer. Let Him talk to you in His Word. As you read the Word, let the Bible encourage your heart. And let God work in your heart. You see, that's a relationship that you can develop with the Lord. And that's the way God wants you to develop a relationship with Him. So in closing this morning, let's go back to Joshua chapter 6. Let me show you something here. And I want to wrap this up. The Bible tells us here, we're in Joshua chapter 6, and it says here, Now, I'm going to go on down a little bit to verse 20. It says, uh, 
And so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets. It came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that people went up into the city. Every man straight before him and they took the city. The Bible tells us that they followed God's direction. That's what they did. They didn't avoid the obstacle. They went forward with God. They weren't afraid. Well, if they had any fear, they replaced it with faith. Let's put it that way. They weren't afraid. They went forward. And they didn't attack in their own strength and power. They followed God's direction. And we have a wonderful testimony of a victory that they were able to secure and how God blessed them. So this morning, uh, as far as my final thoughts, first, don't avoid obstacles if you're walking with God. Okay, if they come into your life, you can, you can overcome them with God's strength and help. Go forward. Second, don't be afraid. Now, that's going to be a temptation there. You're going to have times where you might fear or that temptation will come in to be afraid. Get with God. Talk to Him. Seek Him. Put your faith in Him and live by faith. And let fear be removed. And then finally, don't attack in your own power. Don't just say, well, I'm going to just go do this because this is what needs to be done. Pray first. Talk to God. Make sure it's the right thing to do. And then go if God leads you or if God gives you peace. But make sure you're trusting God and you're doing what God would want you to do. So look to God, follow His direction, and trust Him. And I tell you what, He's going to lead you through obstacles. He's going to give you strength to overcome. He's going to provide. And you know what will happen? Just like these Israelites, you're going to be a testimony of God's power. God can show Himself great in your life. And you can share that with others. So you know what God has done for us or for me or for my family or for our church? This is what God has done for us. God is great. God is wonderful. You know, the late Lester Hudson, he was a pastor. You know what he once said? He said, I want to do something so great for God that nobody can blame me for doing it. Actually, it was Lester Roloff. Wrong, wrong man. Lester Hudson's still alive. I'll have to apologize to him later. It was Lester Roloff said this. I want to do something so great for God that nobody can blame me for doing it. In other words, I want to see God work in my life in a way that I can say, look, this is what God has done. And when you have obstacles in your life, God can do that for you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.